Welcome to Happy Hour. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Sean Campbell, Adam Harahuck at your local alternative, Solid State Radio. Glad to have you on board this afternoon. What's going on, everybody? Happy... What day is this? Wednesday. It is Wednesday. All right. Still one more day until the Wings kick off their season. I know. I'm, I'm so ready for it. I'm ready I'm ready for hockey. I'm ready for hockey involving a team that I actually care about. I mean, I did watch all three games yesterday, of course. Because, yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't watch any of it. I was uh, I was pretty tuckered, so I was out. But I did see all the pictures of Crosby and Bedard lining up for the opening faceoff. Right. I also saw all the pictures or the, the the talk about how Bedard apparently was is getting fined for something he did before the game. Yeah, he uh, took the ice during the warm up skate without a helmet. Oh and my god! Yeah, yeah, that's well. Everybody's got to do it. Everybody's got to wear it. I mean, but he didn't, so he twenty five hundred dollars. Ooh, a whole twenty five hundred bucks. However, will he survive? Yeah, it's a drop in the bucket for uh, an NHL player. I was surprised because I. Because I I was working while the game was going on, I was kind of surprised that like because I saw Pittsburgh was up most of that game, and then Chicago comes back late, and I'm wondering I mostly because I didn't get to see any of it like what calls were going their way to to make that happen because I like I I told you I don't have any faith in Chicago whatsoever no like. Uh- yeah, I mean, they, they haven't done enough. I mean, they've yet. got Bedard, who I believe is going to be uh, a cornerstone for the rebuild. But oh, I'm sure they're they're just they're not there yet. Also, of course, Chicago gets back to back nationally televised games around TNT tonight. Oh, of course, like McDavid's going to get real jealous real quick now. Bedard's the new hotness in the NHL. <laughs> Every game they play is going to be on national television the rest of the way. Yep. I mean. And actually, that's that's not entirely inaccurate because then Saturday's game is on NHL Network. <laughs> like, literally, do they have a game that's not nationally broadcast on the schedule? Like, I'm not seeing nothing. They, Batman has always... I think he had his. He started out with the NBA, so I think he, he's always been trying to bring that uh, superstars as opposed to a whole team kind of uh, thing. It's it's not the Edmonton Oilers. It's Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. Right. Because well, so many other sports do that. I'm not surprised that they're they're trying to make that a thing. Yeah, but hockey is just I don't know. It's not. It's it's a it's very much a team sport when you have somebody. Uh, you're not going to have those big personalities like uh, Terrell, Terrell Owens and uh, you know a big uh, flamboyant kind of players. You're not going to have that. You're going to have very simple, down to earth kind of guys. And when you do have them, they they kind of get like pushed off to the side. Sean Avery, like you don't have a lot of of guys who are, who have big personality until well until they get out out of the NHL. Paul Bissonnette. <laughs> Exactly. You and the ones hear, that they let be superstars, they never have a personality ever, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, they are very uh, stoic, very uh, uh, boring, quite frankly. But here's what it is. I mean, I'm sure, without even looking at the schedule, I am quite sure that when the Oilers and the Blackhawks play each other, that's definitely going to be a te- uh, nationally televised game. Oh, without a doubt. There, there's no way it isn't. Like I would expect that those games are going to be nationally broadcast all year long, and maybe we'll get like one or two with the. Actually, I guess the Red Wings home opener is, or not the home opener, the uh, their first game of the year is an ESPN Plus exclusive. Yep. God, please don't let it be Leah Hexall on the call. <laughs> I really don't need this in my life. 
the other one, the home opener, is going to be local, so we'll get to hear Ken and, and Mick on the call on that at least. Yep. So we got that going for us, which is nice. And given the lack of respect the experts have for the Wings this season, we're probably not going to get a lot of stuff bumped to national, which I'm okay with. Right. Yeah, because the Wings have never really done well on the national stage. I mean, unless it's the Stanley Cup Finals. They, yeah, but, they do pretty well there traditionally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, if it's a regular season game, and it's, I, I, I just I don't realize in how much I appreciate Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond until it's somebody else mispronouncing Wings names and you know basically being a Wings hater. Quite frankly. Yeah, you gotta love that. It does. It does seem. I mean, I, I feel like we are predisposed as Detroit sports fans to assume that all national broadcasters are against us or out to get us or whatever. Yeah. But it does seem like the national guys are just aren't as good traditionally as our like we we've gotten lucky. Like our local people are pretty good. Although I'm sure Chicago people try and say the same thing about say Hawk Harrelson or you know mm-hmm. some of the other national like Boston fans <laughs> will probably tell you Jack Edwards is actually good. <laughs> yeah, right. Even they know he sucks. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, we grew up listening to them, so I mean, that maybe we're just being uh, homers, but I don't know. You, you listen to some other people attempt it. I mean, again, Ken Cal's good, too. Oh, Ken, Ken. without a doubt. Yeah, so, I mean, but yeah, some people are probably like, well, I don't know, our, our guy, uh, Darren Pang, whoever he's calling games for these days. Oh, he, he's, he was he's in St. Louis, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he was. But Ken and Mick, they are like known throughout the league as being one of the best. In fact, I think they were voted like first or second in their in their jobs. As so. well they should be because they are and cuz I've listened to plenty of other and just watching NHL network cuz like they don't have their own coverage. They're picking up one of the local usually yeah. the home announcers and I've heard some of the other guys and no, that these are our people ours definitely stand out. Yeah, absolutely. It a lot of stuff to get to today though. And probably plenty more of it will be hockey before between now and 6 o'clock. It is happy hour at Solid State Radio. Here's the Chili Peppers. Beach weather at your local alternative, Solid State Radio. It is happy hour. He's Adam Harehuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. Hey, did you hear the Powerball's up to $1.7 billion tonight? <laughs> you have a better chance of being struck by lightning twice. But you know what? I, I still... I at least want to be able to say I tried. So, you know... Buy a couple tickets. I'm probably going to make the terrible decision of going and, and buying these damn, buying a ticket, you know, giving my two, four, whatever dollars stupid tax to the to the state government or whatever, <laughs> even though I know there's no chance in hell. There is no chance, but there's less than uh, no chance if you don't play at all. Well, how can be less than... How does less than no chance work at that point? Like, like they're like, okay, yeah, somebody won the one point seven five you're, billion. You're actually paying for and, it. And, yeah, somebody's like, well, you know, we got the one point seven, but you're after you're gonna have to come up with the other stuff. So yeah, <laughs> we, we picked you randomly out of a phone book. Yeah, we the one last phone book in the world, and we found it. We found your name. Yeah, you would have a better chance of winning the lottery than us finding your effing name in the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> right, you you didn't buy a ticket, so now you have to pay for the people that actually did. Yeah, yeah, it sucks to be you. The, the weird thing about that is apparently, I mean, I I kind of knew that like you're not getting the full like that that number is a big old lie in and of itself. Like, if you take the whatever the 
30 years of payments are. You yep. do the whole Bobby Bonilla slash Rick DiPietro thing <laughs> where like you're getting paid for 30 years to not do anything. Mm-hmm. It comes out to like 700 some billion dollars out of the original, but like the lump sum is like 600 billion or something yep. and they still take additional taxes out of yep. that. Oh yeah, you're yeah, you're not getting all that. There's taxes and then there's uh, you know, you you can uh you can get it all into an annuity or get it one lump sum. I'd I'd be terrible with money. I'd just give me the annuity. I f- yeah, I feel like we'd need the annuity, but also let's be honest, our livers could conk out tomorrow. <laughs> there, that's a lot of money left on the table, which yeah. I guess works for you because you know you could put a you know a trust or whatever to claim the jackpot that you know your kid could get or something. Yeah, because yeah, be- you're. You know, the assumption is that your kid's going to make it to 31. Oh, yeah. But I'm kind of effed at that point. Like, that, that money just goes right back to the government unless, no, you know. No, it would go to, it'd go to Rachel. As it go to Rachel, but, you know. Well, then at that point, you, better, you need to start checking the brakes on your car. Right. <laughs> Hire a food taster. <laughs> yeah, really a lot of things to worry about there at that point. She's got Enrique, the pool boy, always hanging around. Yeah, that guy's been hanging around the house a lot lately. We don't even have a pool. I don't understand. <laughs> the weirdest thing that we just have that now. Shut up and go to the station. Yeah, so it it just, especially here in Michigan, like the, there's so much like taxes and things that come out, which I like to know, like, we were talking a $1.7 billion, and there's a whole billion of that that just disappears, goes back to, like, where's that money going is what I'd like to know. It clearly ain't going to be the fix of the damn roads. No. Like, no. Well, what happens to that? Does that just go, like... It goes to the school system? Does where, it, though? Yeah, where they're still, like, uh, we need you to uh, all chip in and uh, so put in... Buy money, Kleenex for the schools and, and yeah. notebooks and we pencils. Can't, we can't exactly... Uh, Give everything to the teachers that they need to teach our teacher brats, uh, kids. Yeah, kids, none kids. of it's going uh, to the yeah, teachers. Yeah, Let's... yeah. Oh, the teachers are making just above a livable wage, and then that you get pay all that. And oh, by the way, uh, we want them all to be carrying guns. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, so maybe I'm getting a little too deep in the weeds on that one. Maybe we should just back up. <laughs> so the example on this they give, like if you'd won Monday, which was $1.565 billion, a lump sum would have meant 686.5 mil. And, and, but after taxes, you'd have only walked away with about 432.5 million of that. That's a big only difference. Says. Yeah. Well, yeah, I could make that work, but I yeah, could point, do. point taken. What's what's going on with all the rest of that money? Right. I mean, I'm probably not going to be able to buy the uh, buy the wings or the lions with that money, unfortunately. No. Nope. But I mean, it's still more than enough to do whatever I want for the rest of my life. Like the annuity would ultimately work out to about 948 million dollars. So th- th- now we're talking. No, <laughs> I wish. No, like so th- for the next twenty nine years, it'd work up to that because like they'd be keeping it in escrow and probably making money off the money. Oh, oh yeah. So it works out that that pays out about probably about double what you'd get if you take the lump sum. Or I mean, or you take the lump sum and invest it. I mean, the first if I did if I got that the. First two things I would do is I'd hire a lawyer and an accountant, and then I'd look into investing and uh, uh, 
stashing it away because you're, you're going to be able to live a lot off of just the interest. I lay money on that. I know the first thing you'd invest in, Jack Daniels, because that stock's about to go up like crazy with you. <laughs> you just have a whole wall in your house that's nothing but Jack and Gentleman Jack. Have you seen those news stories, though, where people win the lottery and it's just like you think they're set for the rest of their life and next thing you know, their life just goes right down the crapper. Bad things happen. Yeah. You have to know what to do with money. Right. And I know exactly what I'm doing with money. South State Radio's going FM. That's right. Look out, Town Square. If I, you better hope I never hit the lottery because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're just kicking or, the double doors right there at Town Square. There's a new sheriff in town. Yep. <laughs> I'm buying this whole son bitch right here. <laughs> whole damn company. I don't care. <laughs> wow. Sean's dressing more and more like Boss Hog each and every day. <laughs> <laughs> Giant comically oversized hat and the whole bit. <laughs> There's the man where cowboy had his life. Here we are. What's going on here? Hey, yeah. So, I mean, I I know there's a lot of things I would do with with that money, but uh, it'd be investing and saving and making sure you know all the kids are taken care of and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I'd probably uh, hire Kiss to play. But you know, you know, other than I, that, let's man, be honest. That's the first thing you'd do with the money. You'd call Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley. How how much are you gonna take for Kiss to play in my backyard? <laughs> <laughs> hi, Paul Stanley. Hi, hi, Adam. Yeah, I just want a lot of money. Uh, you want to want to come over and play my party? You can sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I I can see this, but I feel like you'd also be very insistent. Like Ace Freely is not allowed on the premises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear a, like a, per, like a, a whole security team. All right, this is what Ace Freely looks like. You'll know him from his laugh. He he uh, is to be shot on sight. Yeah, kind of sounds like an old Yenta. Like you'll you'll know him if he shows up. Uh, <laughs> Peter Chris, there is, he's probably allowed at least allowed on the premises, yeah, but absolutely. Ace not so much. No, no, not Ace, not Vinny. He's just he's just creepy. <laughs> well, all the re- all the rest of them, yeah, bring them on over. Yeah, you're you're totally fine. And that, that, that'd be my that that'd be the the gig of the century. You'd also probably burn down half of Columbiaville with all the pyro. <laughs> you think I'd still be living in Columbiaville? <laughs> you might. I don't know. I'd buy all of Columbiaville. <laughs> just buy the whole city, just so you wouldn't feel bad when Kiss just start, you know, shooting off fireworks and burning everything down. Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't sound like country. <laughs> Oh, actually, they sound more like country than anything else <laughs> that's coming out these days. Well, that's also that's also <laughs> sadly entirely fair. Yeah. It's happy hour at Solid State Radio. The unlikely candidates at your local alternative Solid State Radio. It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahuck. I'm Sean Cantwell. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you, you die early enough to be remembered a hero, or you live long enough to become the old crotchety bastard that you railed against when you were a kid. And uh, we have a, ra- a crotchety old bastard here. Roger Waters is uh, another situation where uh, an artist, a musician, decides to uh, take it out on his, their fans. Alienate their entire audience? Yeah, he's yeah. really good at that. Yeah, he was shouting profanities at fans as they started walking out during his performance in London on Sunday night. Performance, quote unquote, because uh, yeah, yeah, the performance wasn't quite like they're going expecting, you know, no doubt to hear, you know, Pink Floyd's greatest hits, and apparently to hear his redone version of Dark Side of the Moon, which also stupid. There's like no reason for this to exist. Like, well, it, it, the album as it was did not need to be fixed. Right. The re, uh, the Dark Side of the Moon redo 
Waters' reimagining of Pink Floyd's 1973 classic. Fans were eagerly awaiting the live debut of material from the album. But many, Eagerly, in att- yeah, many in attendance were disappointed when they unexpectedly watched the singer read from his unreleased autobiography for roughly an hour. What? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just sitting there just reading this unfinished this unfinished manuscript or whatever. Yep. Yeah, that that's really what I came as to hear Roger Waters. There's two things I, that I really come to hear at his shows, and that apparently he does a lot. Re- reading from his book about himself and also lecturing about the politics of the day. Yeah, According to Daily Mail, Waters re- read out pages of notes about his pets, including a duck named Donald, which he discussed for 20 minutes. Jesus Christ, no one cares about your <laughs> stupid animals, dude. Another report noted that the singer spent time ranting about WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. Like he's in favor of him or opposed to him? Yeah, ranting about probably It sounds like he's uh, against him. It, it, which is weird because it seems like he'd be entirely fine with a, a guy supposedly trying to take down big government secrets or whatever. Like, that seems like he'd be right up Roger Waters' well, alley. I just said ranting about. So, I mean, it could have been how people want him persecuted and all that stuff. Meanwhile, could the Times be. reported that another anecdote, quote, began, began promisingly, promisingly as a memory of Floyd's original leader, Sid Barrett, but revealed nothing more than Barrett wrote a lot of songs and had an innocent air about him. Well, yeah, so you're, you're telling us nothing we already didn't know about the guy. Yeah, he wrote a lot of songs. He was he, he like was almost like childlike, really, and just how you know weird of a guy he was. And then just like a lot of drugs, just like certain uh, uh, musicians we know we've heard from, uh, some members of the audience began talking amongst themselves. Waters became agitated. Quote, if you want to tell stories, tell them in your own time to your own audience in your own effing theater. By the way, if you can, show constraint and stop shouting again. <laughs> when some fans began to leave, Waters told them to F off. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really going to win people over. But, I mean, he's, what, 80 years old at this point. You, you kind of expect at this point that he hasn't he, he has no more Fs to give, clearly. No. After his hour-long spoken word segment, Waters performed a pair of songs, The Bar and Mother. Then there was a 20-minute intermission. (laughs) Whoa, wow. So you've got to hold two songs in the first half of the show. Yeah. Then there was a short film chronicling uh, the creation of the Dark Side of the Moon redo. After this, Waters delivered the album's 11 songs in order. I just don't understand why that was a thing that needed to exist. Like, I, I get it that he hates everyone he's ever worked with and is convinced that he is the sole creative entity without whom none of this could have ever existed. I don't need any of these other people. This is all me. Yeah. But also, literally nobody asked for just a a, a uh, Pink Floyd without the rest of Pink Floyd album that we we've already heard the original and you know for the most part like the original like yeah. and i've heard a few of the tracks off of the new version and it doesn't really add anything it, it's it's a different take i guess but not necessarily a better one by any uh estimation uh waters like a lot of people probably surround themselves with yes men and he he's gone his entire career People, oh, you were the best thing. Ace Fraley always goes through this. Oh, oh, you were the best thing ever. They should, the other guys should have kissed their your butt that you were involved in it. You should just do whatever you want. And he was like, you know what? I should do whatever I want. I'm going to redo uh, Dark Side of the Moon in the way I think it should be done. And 
Good thing Ace Freely never has made that mistake of like, trying to yeah, redo right. the albums without Paul and Gene. No one wants this. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when he goes out and plays live, that's all he does is kiss stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, because it, let's be honest, no one cares about Freely's comment. Not really. Songs are cheesy as hell. Like, you're a kiss diehard, and you don't give a damn about Freely's comment. I don't. I really don't. <laughs> Rock soldiers! Yeah. So so stupid. No one needs this. No, no one, nobody asked for this. Much like this. Did. So when Ace Frehley goes out on uh, tour, he plays all Kiss songs. Anyway, we're back to Ace Frehley. Sorry, sorry. Well, we got to put Ace Frehley on the apology list, I guess. I suppose. Not that he deserves <laughs> it, but we'll put him there. <laughs> sorry, Carly. <laughs> but no, the Roger Waters thing, no yeah. one wanted... like. You want to an album that absolutely, positively nobody ever asked for. Like, Dark Side of the Moon, like... It's a classic. Yeah, I'm not the world's biggest Pink Floyd fan. Never have been. It's, you know, mostly meandering music for stoners. But, you know, there are some good songs in there, and I don't think that taking away the guitarist and keyboardist and drummers who made all that happen, despite Roger Waters' insistence that he was Pink Floyd... Uh, I don't think that exactly, I don't think it makes it any better. I don't think it improves things. I don't think it exactly is something that is going to improve or build upon what was already done. Right. I I just don't really see a purpose for it. The only thing I think you can wonder is if by doing this, he helps retain some of the copyright because... The album came out, what, 1973? After a certain time, the copyright runs out, and you have to do something to... Uh, Isn't that like 85 years or something now, no, though? Like, no. I thought they had put it, like, they had... There there was a rule, like, the, the public domain stuff doesn't take effect for, like... Because Disney, like, fought in, in court to have it extended. Or maybe, like, eight, 95 years, was it? Maybe. Like, it, it doesn't go into the public domain until at least that point in time. So, it, like, Roger Waters will be long dead by the time. Or maybe it's probably more to fight for the copyright from the other members. No, that that's probably what it is because he's convinced that he was that he alone could made those records. He he never needed David Gilmore or anybody else, no. which is, is a load of crap. Like, <laughs> like look, I'm a bass player. I I'm gonna be the first. I'll be the first one to tell you though that no, you can't take away everybody uh, like other than the bass player and still be like it, that. It's still gonna be good. Right. Like, that's still going to be like like the guitarist matters too. The other literally all the other members of the band also contributed to this, despite his protesting that no, I was the only. I was the sole creative voice behind all of this. <laughs> Yeah. Like, no one's buying it, dude. Yeah. Hate to tell you this, nobody's buying into that. And the, the, the few people that did, you just told them to F off. Yeah. The, the the few people that actually are willing to buy into your alternative history of the band, your alternate reality, really, and you just told them all to F off because they didn't want to hear you read about your 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 pet duck. You're just smashing pumpkins at Solid State Radio. Deftones, your local alternative, Solid State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahawk. I'm Sean Cantwell. Quick wings thing to discuss here. We've talked about the lineup a little bit going into tomorrow night. And apparently, when they drop the puck tomorrow night in New Jersey, there will not be a single first or second year player on the roster. 
Seems odd for a rebuilding team, yeah. but apparently that's Derek Lalone for you. So key prospects like Simon Edvinson, Marco Casper, and Jonathan Berggren, who played a significant amount of minutes last year and put up 16 goals, will start the season in Grand Rapids, and Lalone had a quote about it from another uh, radio station earlier today. Quote, I do think you're going to see plenty of those guys, but they're not fitting what we're trying to do right now. Our goal is to win now, of course, with the vision of improving in the future. When you say it's important for them to play, I would agree with you. Absolutely, it's important for them to play 23 minutes in a significant game in the AHL, rather, than seven, eight minutes with us and growing on the fly with mistakes or sitting up in the press box. The Wings have leaned towards the ladder the last few years, said Lalonde, without gaining much ground. He pointed to Berger in particular, kind of called him out a little bit. No, really. He'd scored 16 goals in his 67 games. Quote, no disrespect to Jonathan Bergeron, but he was forced to play for us last year where with we with where we were at. Yeah, so is that to say you didn't want him there and you just no other options? It kind of comes across that way, doesn't it? Well, well, I mean, I guess he should look at that as an opportunity to... Uh, Really improve his game and prove that he needs to be there. And I get, I get Lalone's point that rather get some playing time on the regular in Grand Rapids, but you you kind of want these guys to to uh, cultivate. You want them to grow. You want them to get some real time in the. Uh, you'd like to see them get some actual time with games that actually matter. Like the AHL ultimately doesn't matter that much. But, I mean, when you're looking at, because, like, I have the roster over here, like the, the players that were assigned and released, uh, Nate Danielson, who seemed to have some outside, but honestly was always uh, really destined to spend a year in, another year in juniors here. Evanson, Soderblom, and Berggren. Matt Luff, Carter Mazur. Okay, what, well, those guys placed on the injured list, and I don't think Matt Luff will actually ever play a game here. Uh, but defensemen, so you're, you're telling me, as of right now, Justin Hull, Ali Mata. Like those guys are better than Edvinson. That like like you'd, you'd rather have both those guys on a roster than him. As far as your forwards go, we talked about what Bergeron did. So JT Comfort, David Perron, Daniel Sprong. I keep forgetting we signed Daniel Sprong. A lot of people are getting uh, excited about Sprong. I'm not sure I'm how much I'm buying into Clem Costin yet either. Eiserman wanted him in the worst way. Enough so that he was willing to literally just throw Kyler Yamamoto in the trash yep. to get him. And honestly, he's the guy I would have been a little more... I mean, I guess, to be fair, and you know, give Eiserman some benefit of the doubt here, you wonder how much of that was really brought along by him playing with... Uh, and I think sharing significant minutes on lines with uh, McDavid and Drysidle, admittedly. Yeah. And even then, he was still his twenty was his best season in goals, and he never came close to that any other year he's been in the league. So you you do kind of have to wonder about him. But I'm just, what does he see in Costin that I'm that I'm not getting? Like last year, eleven goals in fifty seven games isn't bad by any means, but. Hell, Yamamoto got about about the same. Maybe his size. I mean, he is 6'3", 215. That, that is true, and there's kind of a little bit of allusion to that here as well. Um, asked about Bergring. He said the skilled but smallish winger wouldn't have had a suitable lo- role on one of the bottom two lines. Our bottom six is built a little different with the Klim Costins and Christian Fishers of the world. Just want to be a little bit heavier. 
and it made no sense for him to spend one game, if not two, three, four in a row in the press box. I also forgot Christian Fisher was a thing that existed. Yeah, I, I don't see... Uh, this lineup is going to look vastly different come uh, December 1st. Injuries are going to happen. There's going to be players that are going to fall out of favor. Always do. Uh, I mean, opening night, uh, compared to like the last game of the season, is almost night and day. Yeah, it never looks it never ends up the same as where it starts. Like no. that's just that's just the reality of the NHL. It just doesn't work out that way a lot of the time. You have injuries, you have guys that play themselves into jobs or out of jobs, or guys who come up and impress when they get an injury call up and then ultimately end up like, Well, we can't take this guy out of the lineup, he's too damn good. Yep. So you do kind of have that a lot, admittedly. So it, I, it's, I mean, it's too bad because a lot of people were saying that Nate Danielson was uh, sniffing around, cracking the lineup, but they also don't want to burn off a lot of time for that entry-level contract. No, yeah, you don't want to waste a bunch of that time with a guy who's either sitting in the press box or just not getting meaningful minutes. So, I mean, it makes sense. It gives you more hope for the next couple of years ahead, certainly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But we're not used to this whole having patience bit. Like we, we're used to our instant, instant gratification as Wings fans, except for the last decade. But you yeah, know, thirty yeah. years before that, I mean, you're, yeah, you're not going to complain yeah. too much. Yeah, uh, I remember people saying, "Oh, I don't even watch the Wings into the playoffs." What can you believe the the, the level of privilege we really had yeah, we as did. Wings fans? Oh, we we so so did. Uh, but I mean, you're going to you're going to see Edvinson. You're going to see Soderblom. You're going to see Marco Casper at different times in the season because people are going to go down with injuries. It's just the nature of the beast. Or yeah. people are going to get traded for draft picks. You know, it, th- these guys just need to make the best out of their situation in Grand Rapids. Show them what. Hey, look what I'm doing in, in the AHL. Let's see if it translates to the big show. And you and you like to assume and, and feel like that that is what's ultimately going to happen. It just you know sucks in the short term, and we're really looking forward to this youth movement that's been coming for so long or whatever. Exactly. I mean, if I was to buy a, a another Wings jersey, because I don't have a, a jersey with a current player, so I need to fix that. It would probably be Casper, because I'm just excited to see what he's going on, what's got, he's got going on, and plus I don't have a jersey with the number nine in it, so that that helps. Fair enough. That's there, there, there's our uh, <laughs> Adam, the Rain Man of hockey jerseys. <laughs> Here's Terry MCs at Solid State Radio. Gorillas at your local alternative, Solid State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahawk. I'm Sean Cantwell, and we find ourselves once again having to talk about Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is the best coach ever. Well, apparently uh, he's he's being rather cagey in uh, regards to discussions about a contract extension, which seems like it's going to happen at some point. And there's 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 still always it seemingly uh, really the, the flirtation with jobs outside of uh, the college football sphere. Uh-huh. So he was asked if he'd welcome a contract extension at Michigan, and he was. Shall we say a tad bit dodgy about it, as is kind of expected when it comes to Captain Khaki Pants? Well, I have yet to hear anybody in the sports world say, oh, what about a contract extension? Oh, yeah, let's sign, let's get that done and over with. Absolutely. I'll take the same amount of money, or I'll even take a little less. Anyway, next question. You're never going to hear that. Well, you're not going to hear that, but so 
I believe I actually have uh, audio on this from Harbaugh being asked if he would welcome a contract extension at Michigan. Okay. Take it away, Captain Khaki Pants. What they, they like what you do and how you do it, and, and then they, they tell you that, your bosses tell you that, and then that gets reflected in a, in a contract. Um, but yeah, bottom line, any of us, right? And that's, what, that's what we want to be somewhere where they like how you do it and, and what you do. So about the level of, uh, of non-answer that I kind of expected, admittedly. Yeah, yeah you're not going to get a... Uh, anything real committable, committing from him. So he's he's going to get an extension. They're going to offer it to him. He's going to take it. You you would think that, but yet it doesn't happen. Like every year, like there was the one year where they where they had him take a pay cut, and then the next year where they redid the contract again and to, and undid the pay cut essentially, and then all the flirting with the Vikings, the Broncos, like. He, he had said after the Vikings window closed in 2022, I called Ward Manuel and asked him if he wanted me to be the head coach, and he said yes, 100%, and I said, okay, then, that's what I want to do. I told him, Ward, this will not be a recurring theme every year. This was a one-time thing, and then it wasn't a one-time thing. He got asked about, he got uh, started flirting with the Broncos gig. Mm-hmm. Like, he is, and he is still under contract with the team right now. He is in the second year of a five-year deal. The current contract expires after 2026 and will pay him $7.3 million a year, which would put him third in the Big Ten. Well, fourth until, you know, Mel Tugger came and went. (laughs) So now he's behind Ryan Day and James Franklin, who respectively make 7.6 and 7.5 mil. And quite frankly, Franklin hasn't done nearly enough to deserve that. When's his when's his team ever contending for a natty? Ryan Day, it makes sense. Ohio State's always in the national title conversation. Yes. But Harbaugh is 4-0 against those two teams in the last two seasons. So you have to imagine like that they're going to at some point they're gonna end up having giving him that lifetime deal and all the money he wants, right? Like it's going to happen, you would assume, right? I hope not, because I can only imagine that it's a lot like when other players get a big, huge, massive contract. It takes the fight out of them. I mean, it it, it does seem that way. You've but never, I mean, you rarely. I, I touched on this yesterday. You really rarely hear anybody after after a player or a coach finishes out a very long contract. You never hear anybody say, "Wow, that was really worth the money. That was really worth the time. I'm glad we did that." Usually it's oh finally we're done with that contract. Well, that be, that's because you sign these guys, you sign people at the peak of their their athletic ability, and then by the time the contract's over, they're basically a washed up husk of what they were, Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that <laughs> that does tend to happen. I mean, the coaches have a little bit longer of a of a shelf life traditionally. I mean, how how long did Belichick have? Where he was a functional uh, NFL coach, a good twenty five years, give or take, and. We're just now finally seeing the end of that. Yep. So it, it it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And apparently there was a report Monday afternoon that the Regents, Ward Manual, and President Santa Ono were all in alignment that Harbaugh should have an extension within the next month that makes him the highest paid coach in the conference. <laughs> and right. honestly, I feel like 
It's deservedly so. I mean, he absolutely has been the best coach this team's had, well, probably in my lifetime. Like, he's gotten you closer to a natty, an actual outright national title, than than just about anybody else. He's this is true. He, he's got, the, like, they're the best team in the Big Ten right now. That, And you, you watch some of these Ohio State games where they have looked less than stellar, and you kind of get to thinking that, Jim Harbaugh is such a good coach, he didn't even have to be in the building, and they still won. Well, I mean, that actually happened, but yeah. that, that helps when you you know schedule little sisters of the poor for the first seven weeks of the season. Next year, it looks <laughs> like they're actually taking a step up in the non-conference scheduling department, so that should be interesting. Then, plus the import of you know multiple teams from like the Pac-12 and all of that stuff. It's going to be a little bit different going forward, so we'll see if they're still up to that task. But right now, Big Ten goes through Ann Arbor. There's no question about it. Yep. Like you're you're inarguably the best team currently in the conference, and that's got to be worth something. You would think, and I can't believe as a state fan, you people are making me admit to this, but here we are. It's happy hour <laughs> at Solid State Radio. Queens of the Stone Age, your local alternative is Solid State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahawk. I'm Sean Cantwell. Glad to have you here. Let's do, because, well, I, I, I'm i not even going to apologize for stealing this bit anymore because, you know, um, <laughs> they're not ever here anymore. So <laughs> let's do some MI the A-hole, shall I'm we? I'm kind of hoping they do show up before Halloween because Drew and I are planning on decorating. Yeah, oh, I know you are. <laughs> you you all get really far too excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. Anyway, okay, am I the a-hole? Uh, I'm yep. going to say yes to all of them right off the bat. Yep, Let, let's let dive right in, shall we? Am I the a-hole for, telling my, for audibly saying, bruh, when my sister announced she was pregnant again? <laughs> I mean... You're going to say she's the a-hole just for saying bruh in general. Oh, yeah, bruh. Because you hate that bruh. with a passion. Oh, yeah. Luckily, Noah shook himself from that. He, he's not, he doesn't do that anymore. But So, yeah, I mean, does the story say how many kids that this woman got had? Oh, there's a, there's a whole story here, let me tell All you. Right, well, that was why I was hoping that you were going to just dive right into no, that. Because, bruh, I mean... <laughs> Because I'm going to make you look like an a-hole real quick. So I'm a 16-year-old female, a younger sister to Lori, 26-year-old female. Her and I have never been close since we had different dads. I was an affair baby. She's always resented me for ruining her family, but whatever. She has six kids. Yes, six. Twin boys who are seven, planned. A girl who's six, unplanned. Another girl who's five, planned. Another boy who's two, planned. And another baby boy who's nine months, not planned. Despite the fact that Lori is incapable of taking care of these kids, four of them were actually planned. Because she knows my pushover mother will give her money and watch the kids. My mom even quit her job to do so, even turning her workroom into a nursery for the youngest. We're pretty well off, but we can't do this forever. I try not to judge and just ignore her like she does me, even though when my mom's busy doing something like changing a diaper, I have to step in and help, especially with the twins since they're very rough with each other. Tonight at dinner, Lori's boyfriend joined, a father to the youngest, as well as Lori's father. This wasn't abnormal, so I didn't think anything of it until my sister said she had exciting news. I had hoped she'd say something else, but I knew what she was going to say. I'm pregnant. Everyone went dead silent until I said, bruh. 
I didn't mean to say it out loud, but come on. <laughs> she gave me a death stare and said if I wanted to say something, I should just say it. So I did. Laura, this is your sixth child. You know he can't keep supporting you. Without mom, you'd be on the streets, and you know that. Look at mom. She's so tired. She's always taking care of your kids, and so am I. I bet I've changed more diapers than you have, you selfish bitch. She began to cry and ran out into her boyfriend's car. He followed her and drove. My mother began to cry. She left to go uh, put the kid back to bed since he woke up. It was just me and the father. He began to yell and told me I was a brat, and Lori was a great mother, then stormed off. I'm sitting here to laugh the, his ass off. <laughs> as I'm sitting here in the morning watching the boys, I'm thinking, was I too obnoxious? My mom says that a lot. I don't mean to be, but come on, please give me some feedback. Am I the a-hole? Um, we're going to have to go with percentages on this because... <laughs> uh, that's, because fair. It's, that's fair. I mean, she first of all, she's 16, and I know when I was 16, I thought I was grown too. So when she says, you know, we're supporting you, you're not doing anything. You're going to school. You're helping out with. The, you're changing diapers. You're not paying any money. You're not giving her your sister any money. Yeah, it's your your parents doing it. So just you know, uh, uh, know your role. Um, the fact that she blurted out "bra" really was probably. I mean, was probably what mom and dad were thinking anyway. But yeah, you gotta you gotta learn to know when to. Uh, Open your mouth and times to keep it closed. I mean, she was she's happy about it, but yeah, she's she's gotta gotta uh, gotta hold off a little bit. I mean, is she a good mother? I mean, at sixteen, she already thinks that she probably knows everything, and she probably think you know we're probably not getting the full story as how much Lori is in the kids' lives. She's making it sound like she never stops by except for on the weekends, which obviously that's not true, right? So. Uh, she is the a-hole for ruining the moment. I'm going to say everyone sucks here. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they have a family dog. That, that, that is one sucky dog. <laughs> Fido, you suck. Honestly, and, and I'll be honest with you. You've been nine-month-old. Screw that kid. <laughs> the, the, I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I think that the, the original poster here is less of an a-hole than the actual mother, quote-unquote mother, to all these kids. <laughs> and the fact that she's getting roped into having to watch them because she actively won't keep her uh, keep her legs closed because she you knows, oh, well, it doesn't matter. My parents are going to take care of all these spawn anyway, and I'm just going to, you know, bring in that sweet, sweet child support or, you know, whatever. Like, no, she's a garbage human. And quite frankly, the sooner you can get out of that house, the better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, as soon as you turn 18, get the hell out of there. You think you're so smart? Leave now. But, yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen people like this where, you know, they have kids, they want to rely on, you know, welfare and other people to take care of their kids. And it, it's it puts everybody in a difficult situation. So, I mean, I so, you know, know. We have really first put, of all, I mean, for them to have everybody involved and say, oh, got a surprise for everybody. We've all been there. Okay. You could probably <laughs> reuse the same speech from the last kid. Right. Oh, l- let me guess. You're having another kid that we're all going to basically have to take care of for you. Oh, no. Great. I, I, no, I would have been a jacket. Oh, let me guess. You're going back to school. You're actually marrying this guy, and uh, you're going to be taking more of an active role in your kids' lives? No? Oh, I see. You're uh, pushing out another sex trophy. Fantastic. 
Lovely. Yeah. No, I no, I would I would absolutely th- that is always my encouragement. Be the bigger a-hole. I'm good with it. Like absolutely do that. I mean, there's so many uh, uh, ways to uh, for birth control. I mean, there's they could have avoided that as much as possible. I mean, some of them were planned, some of them weren't planned. Uh, I don't the know majority of them were planned. That's the worst. That's the stupidest part of all of this. Like you knew you couldn't take care of the kids you have, and you plan to have more. Like you're a garbage human. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Yep. So yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna say, yeah, she's an a hole, but I get it. I I I can abide by that. Yeah. I, I guess I, I I have to say that you're the a hole, but also. Your, your your family is your, your your sister's a terrible human, and the sooner you get away from all of this, the better. Yeah. Want to do one more of these real quick? Sure. Am I the a hole for telling my daughter in law she wasn't invited due to her weight? Okay. <laughs> right now, I'm leaning towards a hole. Okay, so let's do it, shall we? <laughs> it's one of those dinners that send a hot air balloon, and we're like, no, we're all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I. I have three girls, and we still like to do girl trips for the day. My son got married to a girl named Beth. Now, before her first kid, she was an average weight, and after that, got a lot worse. Her only kid's eight years old at this point, and she hasn't lost the weight. It's bad enough that she needs constant breaks walking. I used to like her, and now I don't due to how she acts. Everywhere we go with her, it's constant complaining that she's tired. The last girl's trip to the mall was spent sitting on a bench half the day since she needed constant breaks. If you try and leave, she'll go on about abandoning her. It's annoying. I invited the girls to go to a farm for a pumpkin patch and pick some apples as big orchards and a ton of walking. We went. It was a great time, and some pictures went on Facebook. I got a call from Beth asking why she wasn't invited. I lied, saying it was just a family trip, and she accused me of lying. I had enough and told her the truth. I told her she wasn't invited due to her weight, that she forces us to stop all the time, and it ruins the trips most days since we don't get to do half the stuff we wanted to do. She called me a jerk and hung up. <laughs> I'm getting texts from my son saying to apologize, but the girls are on my side and are sick of having trips ruined since we have to wait on her all the time. A little bit of additional info. We've done plenty of things that are not physically taxing with her, but even the small stuff, she ends up on a bench half the day. We went to a small mall half the day on the bench. It was window shopping. She's obese. Her ankles are swollen from her weight. The connection between her weight and not walking far without a break is very obvious. Yeah. That really, I mean... That is a tough one, but no, she's not the a-hole because they should they shouldn't have to cater everything towards one person. If one person's complaining, one person want you know wants to sit on a bench all the time and 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 basically make the decision for everybody else in the group, then that person's the a-hole. Exactly. So here's my thing on that. You probably didn't need to bring up the weight slash fat thing. That was probably a little over the line. You didn't need to. You just say, hey, listen, we, uh, we're we going jogging, and apparently that's not your thing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we want to go do all this stuff, and we have done the, these things with you, and... Uh, you're 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 kind of a, you're kind of a, a a pain in the ass. Yeah, you're you're kind of a load to be around, really. So, yeah. like, because where I kind of come down on it is like, okay, yeah, you 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 didn't need to do the the, the weight thing, like you know, it's because you're fat, basically. Because, <laughs> but at the same point in time, 
We are well-fed gentlemen. Yes. I'm certainly a well-fed gentleman. You, you probably, you know, not so charitably call me fat. And I walked two and a half goddamn miles from my car to this here radio studio on Tuesday <laughs> night because of goddamn deer. Yeah, right. Like, I can, I can still manage to do that without needing to, you know, I got to stop. I got to sit. I, guys, I got to sit down for at least 20 minutes before we go any further than this. Like, I'm not that guy. I, I can still functionally walk around and do things. Yeah, well, I mean. If you're not you able have, to do that, then you're a well-fed gentleman, but you don't have cankles. Sounds like she has an issue where uh, she can't walk for periods of time. It sounds like she, the writer is actually tiptoeing around this weight. She hasn't given us any schematics, but well, she said tells her ankles that, are swollen from it. So, yeah, so the uh, her weight probably starts with uh, the number three. So, <laughs> again, as someone whose weight also starts with the number three, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, like. Yeah, there's 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 no reason to, like if you can't do the stuff, don't do the stuff. Like if you know it's gonna be a trip where you're just gonna be sitting on a bench all day, yep. yeah, we're not gonna invite you to it. If 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 you're going, okay, well, oh, you're just gonna abandon me? Like no, no, you're you're the a hole. Yeah, and maybe you should get like, okay, some people just can't get themselves in shape. Whatever, then don't go on trips with people where you're you're burdening them, bringing them down. Yes, yeah, you need to read the room. You need to be understanding that these people they want they want to do things or okay like if I was in a wheelchair and somebody wanted to go mountain climbing I'm not going to be like oh you guys can't go mountain climbing because I can't go mountain climbing right like I I do plenty of you know walking around and like there there's got to be another another issue of some sort here because like there's there's been plenty of, of hiking like long ass hiking trips and and in climbing you know. At, at, at parks and things that Rachel's dragged me on over the years, and I've never been a particularly small fella, at least not in the last, mm, I don't know how long have her and I been together, about nine, nine, ten years now? <laughs> yeah. Like, and and can still do it. I'll feel like crap the next day, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the, and the it's more the fact, if anything, that she expects everyone else to stop every time That's, she needs to. That is uh, a big load, because, yeah. Uh, and fine, you, you sit here for a while, you... You go cart your ass up to the up to that bench, and we're gonna go do the things we want to do. See you later. When we go to Cinnabon, we'll give we'll give you a holler. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, she shouldn't said. Well, honey, it's because you're shaped like the Liberty Bell. Right. We can't, we can't have you out there doing, ruining our time. It'd be like, just be honest with her. Listen, you have a rough time walking. There was gonna be a lot of walking. We didn't want to put you in an uncomfortable situation where you were feeling like you were uh, being abandoned. Right. That's and, and that's probably honestly the way you realistically should have gone about it. Like, you don't like to be as active as we do. Like, when we want, you want to rest, we want to keep going, and you guilt us into having to stop what we're doing. Yep. Like, also, these other three girls are her actual daughters. Like, she shouldn't feel bad about wanting to go do things with her children. No. And, and you like, you oh, you're not including me? Well, it's probably also the son. Say, so, listen, I got married, and she's a, your daughter-in-law. She's part of the family now, and you should include her on some of these things. And it sounds like the mother, the writer, has... Tried. You gave it the old college try. Absolutely. But it just didn't work. It, it, no. I mean, there's going to be times where, you know, maybe they uh, uh, play cards or uh, go to an all you can eat buffet or, or whatever, and then they'll include her. But, I mean, when it, there's a lot of walking involved, there's a lot of strenuous activities. You know, sorry, not every activity is for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and anything that uh, particularly involves being active apparently isn't for you. Right. <laughs> Hope that helped. Here's nothing but thieves at Solid State Radio. The Struts, your local alternative is Solid State Radio. What's going on? It is happy hour. He's Adam Harahawk. I'm Sean Cantwell. Oh, I guess I should... Do we want to go over the picks for the week? Yes. Did I completely dominate? Uh, no, actually. I, I actually finally got my first win of the season. Oh, did you really? I, I did indeed. I, I get to be the, uh, the, you know, wear the crown, be dominant. And all. I didn't even bring it up yesterday, and I knew yesterday I'd won it, but... Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to take the wind out of Adam Sales. <laughs> Let him think for one more day that he's the king of football on this radio I'm the, show. I am the king of football. <laughs> no, not so much. We, we all whiffed on the Tennessee and Colts game, as it turns out. Well, yeah, who saw that coming? Not me. You called Jacksonville with the upset over Buffalo on Sunday morning football. I got that one. I got to give you props for that, man, because I did not... I didn't have that coming. Like Buffalo, I, I thought was a better team than what they showed. And at the end of the season, they will be. But something about England, they 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 play there so often. It feels probably feels like a home a home game for them. Something about Jacksonville playing over there. It, it really does seem to be that way. We all got Miami right, of course. They yep. didn't win by as many as I thought they would, but they won by like fourteen anyway. Uh, Pittsburgh won, which well, that Drew and I me. had. Yeah. Since he won, which screwed Drew, or, or Jim rather, uh, the Jets won, which I think everyone here called also except Drew. Like, we knew that was going to happen, though, because remember, Sean Payton was talking all this crap about Nathaniel Hackett, who is now the Jets' offensive coordinator, uh, when he was coaching last year and was admittedly the worst coach in the history of the National Football League last season. <laughs> and Payton just goes out there unsolicited, talking all this trash about how bad the team was before I showed up and all this nonsense, <laughs> only to get his ass beat by Denver. It, you just hate to see it. Uh, San Fran won. We all got that. We all picked the Lions to win, naturally. Where it really came down, because you and I tied after the NFL stuff. College, though. I was the only one that had faith that Notre Dame would lose. And oh, how right I was. Louisville getting taking care of business. Also, you guys thought Missouri was going to beat LSU? For shame. For shame, all of you. LSU was a favorite. That was a slam dunk pick. Five and a half point favorite. Like, no, we, we don't really want to win this bad this week, I guess. I had Texas wrong, but that's the only one I got wrong. So I'll take my victory lap. We'll get back after it Friday afternoon, and uh, I will hope to maintain my dominance for a second straight week. <laughs> it's happy hour at Solid State Radio. Happy Hour at South State Radio. We're getting the hell out of Dodge. Stick around. A full hour of local original music comes your way next at a little show we like to call Sessions. All being well, talk to you tomorrow afternoon at 3. See ya.